For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to the One Good Scare podcast with Natalie Zamora and Max Mallow. Hey everyone, welcome back to a new episode of the One Good Scare podcast. I'm Natalie Zamora and I'm joined with my co-host Max Mallow and we're on to our second week of our horror March Madness. Yes we are. If you guys missed the first episode, basically what we're doing for the next four weeks uh, is a horror March Madness bracket based on the most popular movie franchises in the genre and... uh, you know, we'll have each quadrant of the bracket broken up into a different category, uh, four of the most popular, you would say, in the genre as well. And if you missed last week's episode, it was Slashers. And spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, go listen to it now to see if you guys want to hear about who won and who lost. But the champion was the Halloween franchise. So they await uh, three other franchises in the final four. And today we're doing Zombies. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. Um, It's so funny that the Halloween franchise won last week um, because, you know, I could have predicted it, but I also didn't go into the episode with a prediction in mind. And that's how I feel about this episode. There are a lot of great zombie movies, a lot of underappreciated ones, but I don't really know which one's going to win. So I'm curious to see um, when we have a winner if, you know, if I. You know, if it was obvious, if it was a shock, an upset, that's what they say, right? Yeah, upset. There you go. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm excited. Um, So before we get into the episode, we have to remind you guys that the support for the One Good Scare podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, which is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for you, and they obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by 2 million men worldwide, and that includes Max. Yes, thank you. I was like, I don't really (laughs) want to say that this week, but then you said it for me. So perfect. Thanks. Yeah, Manscaped, uh, awesome uh, support of the One Good Scare podcast. Of course, their Perfect Package 3.0 kit uh, is amazing. You know, it's led by the Lawnmower 3.0 grooming tool, which is, as Natalie said, a precision tool for my family jewels. So yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad uh, that uh, Natalie mentioned that and put that out there and included me in that large vast of 2 million men around the world. Um, I think the perfect package 3.0 makes a great gift for someone's significant other uh, who you know might be upset with their grooming habits, but that's neither here nor there for me to comment on. So <laughs> yeah, if it's, if it's something that interests you uh, men out there or anyone else out there who wants to get it for a significant other, I think you can't go wrong with it. 
Perfect. And if you're listening and do want to check it out, you can get 20% off and free shipping if you just use the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% with 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. You just have to use the code FANSIDED20 and you get the discount. Awesome. So yeah, check that out if you're interested in Manscaped. But now let's get into Natalie's favorite segment of the show. The Weekly Horror News Roundup, where she scours the internet for everything you need to know when it comes to horror and everything between horror. So I guess yeah. between H-O-R and R-O-R. So there you go. <laughs> Smack horror dab in the Jason. middle. Yeah. Uh, Natalie has found everything you need to know in the top three headlines from this week. Uh, first off, this one made it to our group chat before it made it to the script. So we've already talked mm-hmm. about it. Evan Peters is going to star as Jeffrey Dahmer in a new Netflix series. Yeah, I'm I know that like this is probably getting gotten like divisive responses. Um it's a new Netflix series from Ryan Murphy, um, who of course has done American Horror Story, Glee, American Crime Story. Um he's kind of just well known in the entertainment business. He also did the prom, so he's kind of all over the place with like horror and then like musical, um, but it works. So I think some people might be kind of over him by now, but I am not when it comes to this type of genre, the serial killer horror genre to be exact. And Evan Peters, I mean, you can't go wrong. He's played a murderer before, of course, in American Horror Story. He's played a serial killer in American Horror Story. He is fantastic. And um, I think yesterday when we were talking about the news, our coworker Noam said, isn't there enough Jeffrey Dahmer in the media? And I said, no, there's not enough. He's not the Ted Bundy. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer, I think most people would maybe know who he is or have heard his name. But I don't think that there is really, you know, especially in recent years, um, a project that has been, you know, good about Jeffrey Dahmer. So I'm excited for this i'm interested um are you excited for this max uh is excited a strong word yeah i think excited like i'll watch it it's definitely gonna come across my like recommended for you on my netflix (laughs) if i still have netflix you know hbo max the snyder cut i i don't know why i would need anything other than hbo max right now um but yeah it's a limited time series that's being developed for netflix like you mentioned uh ryan murphy and Evan Peters have a long working history together. Uh, some mm-hmm. of the best horror work that's come out uh, the turn of the 2000s. So um excited for the casting uh, decision. I think Evan Peters will, will do great. Uh, you know, people will most recently see him in, I guess, WandaVision. Um, mm-hmm. That's a spoiler now, but it's been out for so long. I need yeah. to stop worrying about spoiling things for people. If it happens, <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. You can yell at me uh, to someone else. I don't know. Um, and also... It'll be interesting to see if this kind of spawns more Jeffrey Dahmer uh, adaptations. Because obviously when that that Ted Bundy hype Mm -hmm. was building around like movies and TV, there was the Zac Efron movie. There was, I believe, two other ones as well. There was a documentary that came out. Yeah, there was like a Netflix... Yeah, there's Netflix and I think Amazon Prime made one too, a documentary. I wouldn't be surprised if Hulu jumped on the train too. Like, yeah, so I, I'm, I, I would be shocked if Netflix didn't make a Jeffrey Dahmer docuseries to like come out like in the weeks after this or before just to, just to increase all the hype. Right. Like even 
outside of horror. Do you remember when the whole Firefest documentary was getting a lot of hype? Yes. There was one on Netflix and there was one on Hulu as well, right? Yeah. Or doing, Amazon Prime. It, I think it the, was Hulu. They're doing that again now. Like Hulu and the New York Times released a Britney Spears documentary and Netflix is making one too now. It's just, yeah, I guess it makes sense. They see what's popular and they're like, all right, let's just do it too. Yeah. Um, not, not to say that like, you know, these streaming services shouldn't do that, right? Because yeah. there's definitely angles that potentially aren't covered in some documentaries that are in others. And, you know, it's directors and, and however they want to uh, tell the story uh, that's going on. So uh, as long as it, you know, is truthful and remains to the truth of what actually right. happened as a documentary. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised if this doesn't just spawn two or three more Jeffrey Dahmer movie or TV show ideas. Yeah, I agree. And this new show that's coming out um, on Netflix, it's called Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story. Um, but the interesting thing, which I think people will appreciate, is that it's supposed to be told from the point of view of his victims, rather than him be, you know, the protagonist, which is always a better angle, I think. So it's not really romanticizing the person and making them, you know, human when they're not. Right. Yeah. I think that was a common complaint by some. And I, it's gotten to the point of like Cruella de Vil as well, where people mm -hmm. don't want to glorify villains. Like there are people upset with the whole Joker movie with Joaquin yeah. and stuff like that. I don't really have an opinion one way or other on it. The Joker is a fantastic movie. Um, I agree. And I'm excited for Cruella because Emma Stone playing Cruella de Vil. I'm down. I loved 101 Dalmatians growing up as a kid. So Same. Uh, the angle of telling it from the story of the victims is extremely unique. And if it's done, not like obviously American horror story is an anthology series, but like doing it perhaps like an episode by episode of victims and yeah. the story be told that way with someone like Ryan Murphy, who's really good at doing episodic content like that. Uh, I'm, I'm sold. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited to learn more about this. And again, just more horror content coming to Netflix. It's going to be a busy couple of years when it, they start dropping. For sure. Now, moving on also to other Ryan Murphy-related news. For American Horror Story Season 10, the title has been revealed, or the theme, I should say. Um, mm -hmm. Could be title. No one knows. Uh, it is American Horror Story double feature. And you think, oh, cool. Like They'll do like a back-to-back, -back, you know, calling back to like old... Uh, movie theater times like the mm -hmm. 70s and 80s of seeing like a double feature back to back or like sneaking into one movie theater after seeing another movie that I may or may not have done in my life. Yep. You can't prove oh, it. Yeah. You can't prove it. Um, the the whole theme is kind of set on like a, uh, a sandy shore and a beach and the mm -hmm. water is coming in and out the tide and it is one by sea or one by the sea and one by the sand. Now if you're a cynicist, you'd say, well, those are the same thing because the sea <laughs> and the ocean meet together or the sand and the ocean. And I'd be like, you're absolutely correct. So this is obviously going to be taking place on the same line where the sand <laughs> and the sea connect mm -hmm. and it, they're going to find to do some stories. I don't know. But like, it would be cool if there was some kind of like mythological theme to it with the sea yeah perhaps like sirens or something like that of course there's been some pr promotional images that we've seen um of actors on the beach mm -hmm. so that ties into that what the exact themes are going to be though uh remain unknown 
Yeah, this is really interesting. I think that, you know, it's it's a good way of switching things up because I know we've talked about this in the past at American Horror Story. Like, it's kind of just been stagnant, you know? Like, they're still making them, and I think that it's lost a lot of its fan base just because it's kind of, even though it's an anthology, you still kind of know what you're getting into every time. Um, some seasons are definitely better than others, but I think it's just kind of been going on for a long time that people need a shakeup. So this will be interesting. It's going to be two seasons back to back. I wonder if it's going to be like two, two like 10 episode seasons to like five episode seasons. It's going to be, I don't know, different. So I'm interested. Yeah. The shortened episodes for a season would be a little bit of a cop out and also yeah. kind of uh, an injustice to like American Horror Story because there's, there's so much that goes on in a singular season from yeah. Murder House and Asylum and Covet. There's so many storylines that they build into it. So if they f- focus on one storyline, perhaps they can get it into five episodes. Uh, I would hope that we get two back-to-back. That would be awesome. And yeah, I agree. Kind of satiate that need uh, and then delay that, that time period we have in between seasons. Um, but as far as the theme of One by the Sea and One by the Sand... That's the same thing. I know. I agree. That's why I'm, I'm like very interested. Like, is one season going to be all underwater? No, probably not. So it's going to be like, I don't know how they're going to differentiate it. Yeah. But what was interesting in the Screen Rant article that you uh, you posted was that they bring up a good point, which is why I kind of fell out of American Horror Story in the first place, is mm. that I lose interest in the season, you know? Yeah. If the season doesn't really catch you, you're going to be like, what's the point really in finishing the next, you know, eight or nine episodes, however many you have left. So perhaps if one person doesn't like the first, maybe they'll like the second, or mm-hmm. there's also the risk of liking the first and not liking the second. Yeah. Or not liking the first and being like, I know I'm not going to like the second. So what's <laughs> even the point? Mm-hmm. So uh, risky, risky, but I like the the risk they're taking. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, it's an established show and they, I'm sure they have the budget. So it's like, might as well take a risk because, or else it's just going to get stale. Exactly. So yeah. And then our final piece of news here, uh, also in the TV land, um, one kind of TV-ish with Netflix, but definitely American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Um, A24 uh, is uh, teaming up with Ari Aster's production company for a TV deal. And, you know, once again, Ari Aster and A24 have worked together for years already. Um, Some of the Mm -hmm. best horror movies that have come out in this past decade uh, come from A24 and Ari Aster himself. So the uh, idea of another TV deal coming with these two has me super excited. I know. I agree. And of course, there's not really any other information as far as like, what is it? Multiple shows, how many and like, where would it premiere? Because obviously A24 doesn't have a network, doesn't have a streaming service. So like, where would it go? I know that an A24, I think it's a show or a movie I was just reading about is going to Netflix. Um, So it could be a Netflix, maybe a Hulu. Um, But I'm interested to see like, is he about to just drop like five tv shows or something that'd be a lot but i don't know i want to i want to know more yeah and also the uh, astro's production company square peg is also starting to shoot 
the next Ari Aster movie in the summer, which is called uh, Disappointment Boulevard, starring Joaquin Phoenix. So here he is popping up again in our weekly news roundup section. Um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter what form of media this comes out. It could be a comic book. I don't, <laughs> I don't read comic books, but if they put out a comic book together, that'd be the first one I would read because yeah. anything that A24 does gets my attention, whether it's in horror, drama, anything like that. And anything that Ari Aster does, who is quickly becoming the name in horror, and for some is already the name in horror for them, uh, if they're getting into the genre and they got in through Hereditary and Midsummer, uh, it's super exciting. So we'll be sure to, to keep you guys up to date on everything that comes from that and also any updates on Disappointment Boulevard, because the fact that it's Ari Aster and Joaquin Phoenix is going to be awesome. I know I'm excited. It kind of reminds me of like with the Safdie brothers and they got um, Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. It's like they were such like indies and then they got like a huge star, which like I think it was successful. So this will be interesting to see like Ari Aster just picking up the A-listers. For sure. Same way. Like, I mean, even for us, he's I I don't know if he would consider himself an A-lister, but Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. In good time. Uh, is just like yeah, Safdie brothers and our pads. Let's do it. I'm down. Yeah, just mind blowing. Exactly. So yeah, um, that's your weekly horror news roundup. Jeffrey Dahmer, Ari Aster, and Ryan Murphy, American Horror Story. So let us know what you're most excited for, and if you have any idea on what the two themes are going to be for this double feature season, (laughs) because one by the sea, one by the sand, can't get much more confusing than that. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get into our March Madness episode for the week. Like I said last week, uh, it was Slashers. Halloween franchise is the Final Four contender from there. And if you guys missed last week's episode and need just a brief rundown on how it works, obviously, March is the time for March Madness, the, the famous NCAA college basketball tournament. And doing brackets is something that every brand does. I mean, you can look at the Minute Mini mm-hmm. brand, there's so many brackets going on. And Obviously, one of the best parts about March Madness and brackets is doing bracket predictions, doing you know fan brackets when it comes to their favorite TV characters and stuff like that, because then it comes down to opinions and who you think are the best or trying to take uh, an objective look at it and not be like, well, obviously, Walter White's the best TV character of all time. He's going to beat out, uh, you know, Bran and uh, yeah. Egrid and anyone else from Game of Thrones. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny when you were like saying like characters. I my thir- first thought was the Little Mermaid. I was like, yeah, Walter White's gonna be, gonna beat out the Little Mermaid. It's because I'm thinking mermaids for the American Horror Story season ten. I'm like, by the sea, by the sand, there's gonna be mermaids. Okay, oh, anyway, imagine like an evil Ariel, and she's a serial killer, yeah. and she. Or um, what's that Disney movie with Ryan Merriman, the Thirteenth Year? Oh my gosh, yes. What a classic. <laughs> so yeah, I think Walter White might beat out Ariel in some fan brackets, but anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. Uh, so we wanted to do it for horror, and we wanted to try to take um, as objective as a stance as we could, so we we did some, some fun formatting rules with that, but of course, it's our bracket, so we're going to be doing it together, and... Mm-hmm. You guys are allowed to do it together as well, um, you know, letting us know how you would do your bracket. So, like we said, we've done 32 movies over the course of um, four brackets, so eight four in eights. each. Yeah, four in each uh, quadrant, or eight in each quadrant, and four categories. And the four categories we chose were slashers, zombie movies, supernatural movies, and monster movies. The first 
category, like I said, slashers, Halloween one, and now we're doing zombies. So to keep that a little bit of objectiveness to it, instead of being like, well, this movie clearly goes number one because it's my favorite. Um, we did uh, some randomization for the seating. Obviously, the movies are a little subjective because we have to fit eight and choosing eight in a massive genre like zombies is really difficult. So we picked the eight and then I randomized it 82 times. And why you say 82? Well, it's the 82nd NCAA March Madness tournament, but it's also technically the 81st because last year was the 81st, but it didn't happen. So ipso facto technicalities. <laughs> Just if you really want to get that you know, picky with it. I don't blame you, but also like, come on. So let's get into this category, which is Zambies, mm -hmm. which is very close to me for slashers as being my favorite horror genre. Um, some of my favorite horror movies are Zambie movies. And the movies for this week are the George A. Romero living deadline, um, which we'll go over all the movies in that franchise that count. Uh, the Train to Busan franchise, which I is essentially now technically a franchise because mm -hmm. Peninsula came out last year. Uh, we have Walking Dead. Now, this is the first TV series that's being uh, put into the bracket, but it's so massive that you can't leave it out. Yeah. Um, and there's also a movie on the way. So, again, if you want to be that picky, I don't <laughs> blame you, but also, come on. Um, got the Resident Evil film series, The Return of the Living Dead, uh, film series, which is a spinoff of George A. Romero's original Night of the Living Dead. We've got the 28 movies, which are essentially 28 Days Later and 28 Weeks Later. We've got Zombieland, which is also two movies in a franchise, <laughs> because why not? Um, and then the Snyder Zombies, which are added to the list kind of because I just watched the Snyder Cut, and it's amazing. If you <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League, go watch it. Uh, and there's a new one coming out in May. Uh, mm -hmm. his return to the genre, and we'll be reviewing that on the podcast, I'm sure. So stick around yeah. for that once it comes out on Netflix. So like I said, it was randomized, and let's get into the bracket breakdowns because there are some tough matchups here. Last week was really tough, but this week uh, is, I think, going to be even tougher. So first off, we have the George A. Romero Living Dead uh, series taking on Train to Busan, which is like the godfather of zombies taking on like <laughs> everybody's current favorite zombie movie. Uh, we've got Walking Dead taking on Zombieland, so that'll be a close battle, I'm sure. Uh, we've got Resident Evil taking on the 28 Days and Weeks Later's movies, uh, and then Return of the Living Dead versus the Snyder Zombs. So, any early predictions? Which one of these is your favorite, so we know how I can argue against your favorite and how hard I have to go? <laughs> hmm, I don't know, honestly. I don't know if I can pick a favorite just because as a franchise like I have favorite movies here and there but as a franchise I'm really not sure I don't have an early favorite like we're gonna have to get down into it and then I'll know how about you uh, guilty pleasure for me Resident Evil oh yeah that's my favorite horror video game franchise of all time second favorite all time in terms of all video games and those movies are bad <laughs> but they're bad in a good way, according to me. So, yeah. All right. So before we get into our first one here, let's take our uh, first quick break, and then we'll be right back. All right. So, <laughs> but this one I think is one of the most interesting: the George A. Romero franchise and Train to Busan. I have not seen Peninsula yet. 
Have you seen it? No, I haven't either. And we'll okay. talk about it because there's some interesting things I found out about it. Um, and I've seen four of the six uh, Romero films in the canon franchise. And like you said, it's really interesting because Train to Busan is like a masterpiece when it comes to zombie movies. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, okay, let me see. Night of the Living Dead, I've seen Dawn of the Dead and then Day of the Dead. So I've seen three of the Romero uh, movies. Obviously, Night of the Living Dead is just one of the best movies ever. Might be the best zombie movie ever, depending on who you're talking to, what they're looking for in a film. But in terms of influence, this is the zombie movie. Yeah, look no further as to why zombies are so popular in the world than George A. Romero. Um, obviously, the late, great George A. Romero as well, passed away in 2017, um, was my foray into zombie movies. And mm-hmm. it can't be understated enough how influential he was to the genre and zombies as a whole. Um, Night of the Living Dead, like you said, is a very important movie in history. Uh, it starred uh, Dwayne Jones in the in the lead role as Ben. Um, and at the time when the movie came out in 1968, it wasn't a popular thing to make uh, yeah. a, a black man the lead role when there were predominantly white actors in it as well. Um, but George A. Romero, when he was doing his casting, was like, I casted him because he was the best at uh, at the ca- at the the reads. So that's why he's the the the, the lead role. He's deserving of it. And mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne Jones does an awesome job as Ben in that movie. You know, comparing it now to zombie movies where it's like gore and intestines and brains and yeah. stuff like that, it's black and white. It, there's no excessive amount of gore in it. It's but it's still got that uneasy horrifying feeling of knowing that there's just an an army of the undead outside your house wanting to eat you alive. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the one that kicked it off. And then from there, they uh, they were good. And then they started to get a little bad. Um, like we said, Dawn of the Dead uh, obviously was remade. And we'll talk about it later uh, in the project mm-hmm. as well. Um, but the whole premise of survivors being trapped in a mall was super uh super interesting and i feel like people subconsciously who have not seen the movie would be like oh yeah if i there's a zombie apocalypse i'm going to the mall <laughs> walmart wherever i'm stacking up on whatever guns i can find there i don't mm-hmm. actually i don't think they sell guns at walmart anymore or target i think it depends on the state you're in that's also probably true as well um, <laughs> so that was like my zombie apocalypse. I was like, okay, I'm going to Walmart. Mm-hmm. I got it. The food's there. The guns are there. It's TV and whatever. Like that's the place to go. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead's a great blueprint for that. Um, yeah. Then you have Day of the Dead, of course, which is uh, taking place after Dawn of the Dead. And there's kind of a, an apocalyptic setting to it um, where it's not so much the origin of the zombie virus, but the fact that they're coping with a world where zombies are already out and about same with land of the dead uh, which is 2005 the last one that i've seen in the line uh and then you've got diary and survival of the dead and that's this whole canon series so the first one was 1968 the last or the latest was in 2009 and there was a new one being planned um but it's tba it's called road to the dead it just hasn't been announced yet um or hasn't been made yet essentially so getting into uh rotten tomato scores as well the highest no surprise night of the living dead 97 percent uh, Damn. Yeah, super good. Um, and the lowest was survival, the last one, uh, at thirty percent. So, I mean, it's kinda, makes sense. Yeah, kind of not surprising for a lot of film series, right? Especially on something like Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and then in mm-hmm. terms of box office numbers, obviously it's a lot different because um, 
I guess inflation stuff like that. You know, it's not the highest grossing franchise of all time, but it mm-hmm. still earned a uh, hundred over one hundred seventy two million dollars. So, of the bunch, would you say Knight is your favorite? Yeah, definitely. This one definitely just has a a close place in my heart. I remember like growing up, my mom told me how she watched it when she was little and was so scared of it. She wasn't allowed to. And she like snuck into her her older sister's room who was watching it. And she had nightmares for like weeks after it. And that's just such like a cute story to me that I was like, I need to watch this like immediately. Um, Yeah. So good memories. And of course, just a fantastic movie. Yeah, other than Night, I would say Land is actually one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. Um, mm. It was a movie I asked for for Christmas one year. I was like, I really want the zombie movie. And I was <laughs> I was like, what, 2006, it probably came out on DVD. So I was 13. It was an R-rated movie. So for some reason, my grandma got it for me. And I'll be thankful for it because it's a really interesting take on zombies. It's... Uh, kind of like a, a feudal like government is taking place in Pennsylvania and there's mm-hmm. interesting dynamics in, in class and, and um, economics and, and society. And it's got Dennis Hopper in it who plays the lead, who's supposed to be this all powerful ruling rich guy. But the zombies are super interesting in this one because by 2005, we'd had multiple iterations of what zombies could potentially look like in uh, an outbreak, right? So mm-hmm. while they were still like, you know, uh, they walked all slow, <laughs> like um, the the head zombie of the apocalypse, essentially, this guy named Big Daddy, is played by Eugene Clark, um, yeah. is he's still got a little bit of humanity in him, which is super interesting. Um, and it's even described in the Wikipedia article as he's an unusually intelligent zombie. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, um, but he's teaching like his other members in the horde about like how to shoot guns, how to overrun a city. It's a very, very interesting take on a, a zombie apocalypse. And the gore in that is uh, extremely well done. It's also got John Leguizamo in it. Um, so I'd say that's a sleeper pick for my favorite, but like we said already, it's taken on the mother of all mother or the mother of all zombie films currently for uh, modern times, which is train to Busan. Now, Train to Busan is a Korean zombie movie, uh, and it takes place on a train to Busan. <laughs> Who would have figured? <laughs> um, and a uh, zombie apocalypse is starting to take over uh, in South Korea. And if you need a horror movie to watch that you haven't seen, especially uh, a foreign movie, because like mm-hmm. a lot of people checked out this movie after seeing Parasite, mm-hmm. which is also just a fantastic, fantastic film. They they saw Train to Busan because of how highly rated it was. And this movie is so, so good. Yeah, it is really, really good. I actually just was watching it like a, maybe like a month ago or something because I saw it was on, I think it was on Prime. And I was like, oh yeah, let me just throw this on. And it's just fun from start to finish. Like it's just action packed the whole time. And it's it's like exactly what you want out of a zombie movie. Like, really great characters that you sympathize with and there's like the asshole who you're like all right they need to be eaten by zombie right now like come on like you're yelling at the screen it's just a lot of fun and this movie is is really well done yeah it's um it's also super interesting to see how other cultures and directors would take on zombie movies because you know 
growing up and be like, okay, well, George A. Romero and whatever else I would see on TV in the States, mm-hmm. not knowing that something like Train to Busan exists because it's yeah. a Korean film. But watching it, it stands tall to me as probably a top three zombie movie of all time in my mind. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, you have a good point. Like this came out in 2016. Like I did not watch this in 2016. It was, you know, a few years later. Um, so, so yeah, I think when, when you look at pretty much any genre, but I think zombies, especially like you need to look elsewhere than America for sure. Um, and yeah, I need to watch Peninsula. It is on prime, but you have to rent it. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, Peninsula for those who don't know, which is the sequel to Train to Busan taking place in the same universe. Um, also, what's nice, we won't really have to mention it if you guys watch the slasher episode. We had to talk about all the lines of continuity in these <laughs> slasher movies because there's so many. Um, for most of the zombie ones, it's all the same, uh, yeah. which is nice. So obviously, with George A. Romero, they all take place in the same universe. There's no kind of exact line of continuity because they're not all direct sequels following the same characters, but it's all in the same universe. So even while you know, some movies might start with a zombie outbreak, uh, it doesn't mean that it's a completely different zombie outbreak. It's still in the same mm-hmm. universe, which is nice. Um, and same goes for Train to Busan. So the thing about Peninsula, which is interesting, because when I looked at Rotten Tomatoes, I was like, Train to Busan is going to be super highly rated. It has to be, right? Mm-hmm. 94% certified. Is it super? There's no super fresh, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, certified fresh, yeah. Yeah, certified fresh. Um, <laughs> obviously, the, the audience scores out of this world as well. But... Peninsula is only at a 54%. People didn't receive this movie as well as they did Train to Busan. Yeah, it's interesting because it has the same director. So it's not like a completely like a new person's coming in like, oh, I'm just going to make like the sequel to this um, and just like trash it. So it's interesting. But yeah, I did hear that it was kind of like mixed reviews type of thing. um, But I still want to watch it. Yeah, same. Uh, in terms of box office numbers, Train to Busan did $95 million worldwide, um, only to a budget of about $9 million, which is uh, insane. That's insane. Um, and, train, uh, and Peninsula came out in 2020 in the middle of the, the pandemic. So its box office numbers uh, aren't as high simply because you know theaters around the world were, were closed, um, mm-hmm. while some might have been open um, in other parts of the world. So it's done about $43 million. I hope it gets a, a theatrical release again uh, once COVID is done. Yeah. So that would be awesome because I would love to see it in theaters because I never got to see Train to Busan in theaters. Uh, now, when we get into talking about head-to-head here, mm-hmm. some interesting things because, for one, George Romero is just a legend of the genre. And there's nothing else you can <laughs> say. He's a legend of the genre. Mm-hmm. But there are so many things about Train to Busan that I like more than most of the Romero movies, which is like the action. Like the action is just the thrill ride mm-hmm. for Train to Busan. It's I don't. I'm not going to compare it to something like Mission Impossible, but that's why I love, <laughs> like that's why I love more like uh, more recent Mission Impossible movies to James Bond movies. It's because mm-hmm. the, the action pieces are fantastic when it comes to adrenaline and. Tom Cruise climbing a building in Abu Dhabi or wherever he was in that one movie. I don't know. There's no comparison between Mission Impossible and Train to Busan. That's not what we're doing here. Um, it's got the fast zombies, which I much more prefer. Yeah. To mm-hmm. the uh, I'm doing that thing again. I know. Uh, 
But <laughs> is it enough to make Train Busan, the eighth seed here technically, better than George A. Romero's Living Dead series? Yeah, it's like the classic versus like a modern classic. But I don't know. I don't think that if we're talking zombies, anything can be Romero. We'll see if we if it wins, so then we continue if anything can beat it. But I think with this matchup, I'm going to have to do Romero, and it would be disrespectful to not. Yeah, I agree as well. If, without, <laughs> without Romero, we don't have Train to Busan, essentially. Or maybe we do. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and also, side note as well for people would be like, well, why are some movies on here? Why why aren't like my favorite zombie movies? We set a strict kind of rule that like the zombies have to come from like a chemical outbreak or a virus or something mm-hmm. like that. Like we were like, Evil Dead, they're deadites, right? Deadites are kind of zombies. Yeah, it sounds like are they zombies? It's not. They're not explicit zombies. Right. Like um, it comes from the Book of the Dead, and you know what the dead are? Zombies. <laughs> well, undead. Yeah. Whatever. You get into technicalities again. Um, yeah. So maybe that'll be in the next episode, which is Supernatural. It'll definitely yeah, be in there. It um, has to, yeah. <laughs> um, other movies like Wreck as well. Wreck is a fantastic series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was a pretty good one. Not the American. Well, Quarantine's okay. I don't mind Quarantine. I watched that like when it came out, so I really don't remember it. But I remember, like, I'm pretty sure I rented it, and I was like, "Ooh, a horror movie!" And yeah. that was that was my thought process. That was it. Yeah, it's pretty much like a straight up remake, uh, American yeah, remake of a of a Spanish film. Um, but Wreck is just so much better in in every shape and form. Originals usually are. Um, so. Unfortunately, as much as we love Train to Busan, it doesn't deserve to be the eighth seed, but random.org made it the, the eighth seed. Uh, George A. Romero's Living Dead franchise will advance to the next round. I don't think we can really argue for Train to Busan, but we wouldn't blame you if you did because, again, it's fantastic. Agreed. All righty. Now getting into a matchup that will not be that hard to decipher, I think, uh, in many parts, which is the four seed, Walking Dead, the Walking Dead for many. Um, Taking on the number five seed, <laughs> Zombieland. <laughs> now, Zombieland would have not made the list if not for Zombieland Double Tap. I work for a website called Double Tap. <laughs> so that's, no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, uh, a sequel came out, and the original is so funny and a fun take on the zombie genre that mm-hmm. I was like, it's got to go in there. It'll probably yeah. it would be the eight seed, but it's the fifth seed here randomly. So let's get into Walking Dead because. There's no bigger zombie, uh, I guess, uh, franchise currently yeah. than Walking Dead. When the TV series debuted in 2010, it was all that people at my high school were talking about. It was awesome uh, to see zombies portrayed in an episodic way on a major ke- uh, cable television series uh, or show Agreed. or channel, rather. Words are difficult. <laughs> Um, on AMC and I was so enthralled with Rick Grimes and his story that I followed it for five seasons and then I said enough is enough (laughs) I think you made it further than me I think I watched the first three and then I I was watching it like I forget where I was watching it if it was on Netflix or somewhere else I was watching it like binging it and then it was on live and I was in college and I didn't have cable and it was hard to keep up with it. So yeah, I I unfortunately didn't go back to it, but 
Um, I also, like you, was so excited about it when it first came out and was like, oh my gosh, like AMC, it's a huge network. Horror is here. I also just love Andrew Lincoln as an actor. Um, he's adorable and so sweet and seeing him with like an American accent and everything is great. Um, so yeah, I was all for the show in the beginning and I have nothing against it now. Like, I'm glad it's still going on. Norman Reedus, such a good actor. Um, the, the whole cast is actually so talented. So I have nothing against the show. I just have not finished it. And it's currently what? And it's 11th season right now. Insane. Insane. Yeah. Like my hatred for it and people who are like, Walking Dead's amazing. Like in eight and nine, I was like, oh, how could you say such a thing? It's gotten so bad. They've ruined something I loved. But I'm like you now. It's like, if you like The Walking Dead, that's cool. Um, and there's no doubting how influential it was uh, in the in the genre. Mm -hmm. So obviously it started as a comic book series uh, developed by Robert Kirkman in 2003. And when it comes to Rotten Tomatoes scores, I thought it would be lower. And it's probably gotten deflated a bit because of all the seasons that have come out. And it was probably so highly rated and it just started people yeah. were reviewing it negatively. Um, but the mainline series has an 80%, which is pretty good, good for a show that has so many seasons um and then there's the spin-off series which is going on right now which is called fear of the walking dead it takes place in the same universe uh has a 75 percent as well i thought that one wasn't i didn't think people liked that one yeah same i thought that yeah i guess i think people are more kind of like world beyond they're kind of against it i don't know i the, the fandom is very extensive and i don't follow it so yeah uh, me either and that's not the only TV series. Like like you said, World Beyond, they're making so yeah. many spinoffs around The Walking Dead, uh, which really speaks to how popular it is. Um, yeah. You know, in terms of like media areas that they're attacking and the ones that they're already in, um, like we said, five total or TV series, right? There's five of them. There's the original, there's Fear, there's World Beyond, which you mentioned. There's a uh, Daryl and Carol spinoff coming. Which, like, I didn't know that. I'm down. Norma Reedus, like we said, absolute yeah. legend. Um, and then there's also Tales of the Walking Dead, which tells stories uh, of other characters in the universe and how they're dealing with the zombie apocalypse. Um, there are multiple web series episodes. There's a planned Rick Grimes movie going on because when he was taken off the show, they didn't really kill him off. It was some, mm -hmm. you know flying off it by a helicopter and everyone's like, where's Rick going? He's just leaving behind everybody. What the heck? Um, which is why I fell out of love with the show. And I'm pretty sure, which is why you did as well is just the fake deaths, which is, yeah, it, it, I hate that when TV shows do that. either make the commitment or if, when you do it once, it's not a big deal. When you do it mm -hmm. five times um, in a, in a series, it's just like, all right, how many, how many times can we really fake? Um, what's his face is uh, what's his face's death. Um, What's his name? Steven Yeun's character. I can't remember. Um, uh, Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> I like can think of like his like death scene in my head right now. And it's so unfortunate. Oh, it's so gross. But it's like, terrible. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is so good as Negan. Negan. Yes. All time TV villain. Um, there's also board games because someone needs Walking Dead Monopoly in their life. Uh, <laughs> there's multiple video games. Most popular of which is the Telltale series. Uh, it doesn't really have the, it's not the same kind of adaptation of the TV show or the comic books. It's its own story. And the first season of that game is one of the best video games I've played of all time. Super uh, emotional um, and 
an awesome awesome game so if you haven't played season one go play season one um and then there's arcade games so if you're going to dave and busters i'm sure you've seen a, a walking dead giant arcade machine which is the ones like where you slide into them and you sit inside like oh my gosh. a cabinet it's yeah. amazing um and everyone has like crossbow guns on the things i don't because daryl i guess i don't know yeah um but yeah it's it, there's so many so many things uh when it comes to the walking dead and mm-hmm. the the show obviously started off like you said with andrew lincoln and john bernthal um playing the two leads uh but then now uh if i'm correct it's uh michonne and, and daryl who are the the main two and like i said norm Reedus is fantastic denai guerrera is amazing so good uh, and mm-hmm. she's fantastic in the marvel movies as well um in black panther and avengers infinity war and endgame i believe those are the only three movies she's in but she's amazing mm-hmm. and yeah that's the walking dead and it's taken on Zombieland. <laughs> yeah so zombie land okay this movie came out in 2009 i think it came out at like the perfect time like this is the type of comedy that was coming out of the at this um around this year getting into the 2010s but not quite yet um and i love this movie it stars jesse eisenberg can't go wrong with him he plays the same character every time and he's good at it so he can do it it's fine we excuse it him um emma stone woody harrelson abigail breslin i mean just like a a team a great great group and this movie crushed it i think it's so funny and i think like Really, this goes up against Shaun of the Dead just for zombie comedies. Like, what else is a good one? For sure, for sure. Those are the the top two. The holy yeah of, of zomcoms. Mm-hmm. Warm bodies. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's only one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, your favorite movie. Um. But Zombieland is is a great movie. I love that one. If it's like when I'm at my parents and there's cable um and if it's on tv i'm watching it beginning to end if it if i see it streaming somewhere and i haven't seen it a couple months couple years i'll watch it it's it's really funny and just it, it's it's a great movie and i wish that the sequel was better yeah the the thing that drove me to it when it first came out as well other than zombies <laughs> was that it was like for me it was like for a nerdy zombie fan you know, mm-hmm. they establish like the rules of zombie land, like the idea of double tapping and um, what is it like? Never go. I can't remember what all the rules are, but there's so many rules. Yeah. It. Like don't go to the bathroom alone or something. Travel right. light, stuff like that. That's just like so funny um, how Jesse Eisenberg's character is like so like anal about every single thing. And then Woody Harrelson just comes and it's like, I'm doing whatever the hell I want. Like, it's just such a great like um those two personalities together are just so funny yeah and the whole theme of the zombies spawning was because of a a mutated strain of mad cow disease um (laughs) and they quote mad zombie disease you know it's just it's a great time because like i said jesse eisenberg um this came out before the social network yeah so he wasn't as major of a star yet because that movie is absolutely stellar um, yeah, but like I said, Emma Stone is fantastic. Woody Harrelson, for many who might not think it, it's just underratedly very, very funny. It um, is. Uh, and then we got a sequel, which is like, 
why not? I believe they were just like all on board with doing it. So that's why they did it. And which is awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome to see like that camaraderie between those four to be like, yeah, why the hell not? Let's make another zombie land movie. Um, and double tap did pretty well at the box office as well. And it's not terribly rated. Like it's a movie nobody asked for, but they were like, right. sure. Why not? Um, and it's, uh, it's Rotten Tomato score is 69 compared to uh, Zombie Language is 89, but Double Tap does have a higher audience score. Mm. So. Yeah, I think this one really just speaks to like their chemistry is so great, and they they added um, a few other really great actors to this. They had um, Luke Wilson, Rosario Dawson, um, so they were you know continuing with the A list power there. So I think that will just you know. You attach A-listers to a movie, it's going to attract people. It doesn't matter what it's about. So that combined with the fact that, you know, the first one was so good and these four just, they have undeniable energy. They're hilarious together. So it made sense why people wanted to watch it. Yeah. And let's not forget the classic moment of Zombieland 1 where Jesse Eisenberg is trying to uh, swoon Emma Stone. Mm-hmm. And you know, for a lot of people, that's like that's the dream. So many people love Emma Stone, mm-hmm. um, and they're in a movie theater in a famous actor's house, and <laughs> Jesse Eisenberg just absolutely blows away <laughs> Bill Murray with a shotgun. <laughs> it's just such a legendary thing to do in a movie. Because for those who don't know the plot, you know they're traveling across the country because they're trying to get to an amusement park, and they stumble upon Hollywood. And they get to Bill Murray's house. And Woody Harrelson is the biggest Bill Murray fan in this movie. <laughs> and Bill Murray's alive. He's been surviving the zombie apocalypse by blending in with, you know, Walking Dead style, like covering mm-hmm. himself in like makeup and stuff like that and just walking around all slow, which is like a continuity thing. It's like, how the hell does a, you know, zombie not realize that he's alive? Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> he goes to scare Jesse Eisenberg and he just blows him away. <laughs> oh it's so good yeah that is hilarious um so with that said despite how great Zombieland 1 is I don't think this is really I don't think you can compare the franchise to The Walking Dead yeah unfortunately I don't think you can um obviously box office numbers are a bit weird because Walking Dead's a TV show um Mm -hmm. Zombieland grossed uh over $225 $225 million between the two movies, which is awesome um, because those movies deserve love. I love both of those movies. There are just so many things about The Walking Dead besides its storytelling or anything like that, the characters, the acting, just the the moments in The Walking Dead, especially in the earlier seasons, will live with me as like great TV show mm-hmm. movies, um, like Killing Shane and John Barenthal was amazing. Just, uh, I mean, the list. Like, I'm just looking at, like, the list of actors. Lincoln, Barenthal, uh, Sarah Wayne Cayleys, who plays Rick's wife early on in the season, or the, the series. Laurie Holden, Jeffrey DeMunn, uh, Chandler Riggs, Lauren Cohen. Mm-hmm. Like, Lauren Cohen and Stephen Young had such good on-screen chemistry together. Uh, yeah. That you really, really wanted to root for them. Same thing with Norman Reedus and, and Michael Rooker. Um Obviously, Michael Rooker went on to to be in the the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, I'm just waiting for Norman Reedus. He he needs, he needs a Marvel role. Let's get him in Marvel. Yeah, I agree. All right, so we're in agreement that The Walking Dead wins this one easily. All right, 
So we're coming on to our next, our final team matchup. So let's take this opportunity to take our final break and then we'll be right back. All right, our next one here. This one might be where it's not an obvious one because for the one hand, this is Resident Evil versus the 28 Days Later movies, which are only two. Um, on the one hand, I have not seen any of the Resident Evil movies. Disclaimer, telling the world here. And on the other hand, I love 28 Days Later, like one of my favorite zombie movies. 28 Weeks Later is not as good, but still awesome. So just going to throw that out there before we get into this. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for my bell so you can walk down. <laughs> Shame. 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 How dare you? Resident Evil. Okay. Shame. I'll, I'll get all my fandom out of the way right here. Uh, Resident <laughs> Evil, seven entries in the franchise, six in one line, and a seventh one coming out this year, which we will definitely review um, later, later in the year, like Q4. Um mm-hmm. And there's also a bunch of animated films. Now, Resident Evil obviously started out as a zombie video game developed by Capcom, and Paul W.S. Anderson adapted it into a movie in 2002, and the last one in that six-film series line came out in 2016. And this new new one in 2021 is a completely new telling of uh, the movie or the video games on the big screen, so it will be an origin story of the first and second games. Now, you've never seen them. These are some Mm -hmm. of the worst movies but some of my favorite movies. <laughs> Mili Jovovich, uh, who's married to the director, Paul W. Uh, w. S. Anderson. I was called Paul Thomas Anderson. I know. Um, That's what I immediately thought of. I was like, who? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the Rotten Tomato score is not great, Bob. Not great. Um, the highest one, which is my least favorite one, so clearly so, there's some kind of dis- disconnect here between me and, and movie critics, um, is the last one, Final Chapter. Uh, which came out in 2016. The lowest one is my favorite one, which is Apocalypse, the second movie, at 20%. So, very low. None of them are highly rated at all. Um, But, this is very interesting. Because in 2017, Resident Evil was the highest grossing horror film franchise of all time. That's crazy. Yeah, to think movies that are that bad gross that amount of money uh shows what's really wrong in the world uh, <laughs> um it was 1.2 billion dollars that they uh, uh achieved which is insane um now it's not it's godzilla the godzilla film series uh because of what? i guess yeah i i guess because of the one that came out i believe in 2017 2018 uh, yeah the and then one. king of the monsters as well and then we're getting the whole godzilla versus kong thing which will be super cool um mm-hmm. to see those two monsters go at it um but yeah, these movies, they feature things from the games, and they'll throw characters and locations into it, but they're not real tellings of what actually goes on in the games, which are my you know, true favorite. It's just fun to see something like that in a movie format uh, and see you know your, your favorite characters get uh, some big screen action. They're just not good movies, which is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> but you have hope for the new one? Yeah, so yeah, the new one is supposed to be a completely uh, mm-hmm. retelling of the story. The The casting is uh, pretty exciting. Um, they've got Kaya Scotelario, who's playing Claire Redfield, one of the most popular characters in the uh, franchise. Um, she was uh, Effie in the, original, yeah. in the original Skins. Um, yes. Robbie Amell is in it, playing her brother Chris, which is obviously Stephen Amell's brother. I don't know if I agree with that casting, but we'll see how he does. Um, Anna John Kamen is playing Jill Valentine, another one 
who's an extremely popular character, um, and people will probably most notably know her for her role as Ghost in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, so yeah, a lot of exciting casting here. Um, and I'm any Resident Evil movie, I'll watch it because I got tired of the other ones. They're bad. They're really bad. <laughs> but they're still that like those movies hold such a uh, hold such a big piece of my heart, which which mm-hmm. stinks because going up against Twenty Eight Days and Twenty Eight Weeks Later, which just Twenty Eight Days Later, we could talk about weeks a little bit, but Twenty Eight Days Later is a fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Twenty Eight Days Later, that was also one of like I watched. Um, Actually, I'm trying to think if I watched this before Night of the Living Dead, just because like growing up, you know, this was like a newer movie. So it was like, oh, let me watch this. But this is one of the first horror movies I watched that came out in 2002. And it stars the amazing Killian Murphy, just beautiful man, great actor, so good. And this movie is just so creepy. It's British. And it's, it's one of those movies where the color is off. It's like bluish green. And it gives it just that aesthetic and i hate that i just said that but you know what i mean like it makes it so much creepier yeah 28 days later was instagram filters before instagram filters <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god don't oh, never forget forget i ever said that don't take that <laughs> quote ever from me um the uh, the cast is like you said it's fantastic murphy is amazing naomi harris is fantastic uh christopher mm-hmm. eccleston who the leftovers right yeah uh he <laughs> is um What's his face in the leftovers? I can't remember. the the priest. The, yeah, I don't remember his name. Oh, Matt or something. Uh, yeah, Matt Jameson. Oh, such a good TV show. Um, yeah, he's also in GI Joe. For anyone who cares, uh, he's in the worst <laughs> Thor movie. So that's uh, again going downhill. But he's in one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Gone sixty seconds with Rage in the Cage, um, playing <laughs> playing the bad guy Raymond Kalitri. Um But yeah, the awesome thing about this was that. 28 days was the rage virus and as a post-apocalyptic horror film about zombies the rage virus was like what made you extremely extremely scared of zombies the mm-hmm. fast-paced track stars usain bolt level of speed that just <laughs> come at you and there's nothing you can do about it and it was just it was just creepy it had that like eerie vibe to it the poster with the the radiation quarantine sign mm-hmm. and it just said like exposure, like yeah, whatever, you know, it was so, so all well put together from its branding, its marketing, it's the actual movie itself. It's so good. Yeah, I agree. And then how did you feel about 28 weeks later? Now this one had a new cast, um, unfortunately, but it still had good people in it. Rose Byrne, Jeremy Renner, Idris Elba was in this one. Um, so I thought this one was pretty good, but it, it, I don't think it stacks up to the first one. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, it definitely brings it down a little bit in terms of like a quote unquote franchise. There was a, another one being kind of planned, uh, 28 months later, if you will. Um, I mean, we can go what months, years, <laughs> decades, Keep it going. Yeah. Uh, centuries. So we, you know, there's plenty of possibilities for similar titles, um, down the line. I just, um, I think it brings it down a little bit, but they're both better movies than anything in the Resident Evil franchise, which is tough to say, but such is the case. So what are you thinking? I mean, on the one hand, like Resident Evil, the box office, that's insane. That that gives it a huge leg up. And the fact that they're still making movies is a big one, too. 
Oh, well, thank you for arguing for my side. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think Resident <laughs> Evil should win. No. <laughs> um, it's tough. Like, 28 Days Later as a standalone beats out any movie in that franchise. Um, yeah. But. Well, I assume. <laughs> I, I have high hopes for the 2021 one uh, coming out this year. So, I'm okay with, with 28 Days. Okay. I just it sucks to say that because I I keeled over so easily. I was like, yeah, whatever. It, it can lose. It it's amazing that it was at one time the highest grossing horror film franchise, but it's also just like really people at some point we can stop seeing these movies. And they're just the storylines are so stupid. It, the main character is not a real video game character. She's like a super soldier who loses her powers and then gets her powers back. And it's mm-hmm. just characters thrown in all over the place and she gets cloned and eh, <laughs> play the games. All right. Upset. Six seed. 28 movies. I just called them 20. Yeah. Movies. 28 so, movies. Yeah. Um, they are advancing to the next round. Well, they will take on this one. Uh, our last uh, first round matchup before we kind of breeze through the semifinals. Cause I feel like they'll be a little easier to discuss, um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, the Dan O'Bannon spinoffs of George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, which is the Return of the Living Dead franchise, taking on the Snyder Zombs, which is a stupid name that I've just coined. Um, so, yeah, Return of the Living Dead uh, is really a thing because of a dispute between Johnny Russo and George A. Romero on how to uh, make a sequel for Night of the Living Dead because that's just, you got to make sequels, right? When a movie is that mm-hmm. successful. There's got to be more. Um, so while George went up with Dawn and Day and Land Survival Diary, um, not in that exact order, of course, um, Dan O'Bannon uh, helped Johnny Russo with the Return of the Living Dead movies. And the zombies were different. They were more focused on brains and stuff like that. And it got a little more slapsticky with its comedy, a little mm. more straight to DVD with its releases, you know. <laughs> along those lines straight to sci-fi some would say as well um uh-huh. these movies aren't great the first one's super fun it's because it's like again like b-horror slapstick comedy in that type of sense with zombies but mm-hmm. um funny enough uh it's just a reference here the original on rotten tomatoes has a 91 percent, which is insane to think it's a, a spin-off of yeah that's crazy one of the best horror movies of all time right now, part two has a zero. <laughs> that is just amazing. Isn't that amazing? It's like, wow, you did a really great job. We're going to bring you back again. And then it's just like, what the hell did you do? I wonder if there's like, we should look into this, like movies where like the original, the first one has like a really great score. And then the next, the second one, like the one right after it is just like plummets. Like what is like the biggest like gap there? This might win. That'd be a fun, a fun episode. We'll definitely do that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, there was part two, there was part three, which kind of focused on like a super, uh, super zombie. Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time, but it's like, Extremely, extremely weird. Um, but it was actually produced and directed by Brian Yuzna, um, who did uh, the Re- Reanimator series. And Reanimator is an amazing movie. Um, but then we got Necropolis, which came out 12 years after. And it's just, it gets weird. Um, and then Rave to the Grave gets even weirder. It's like at that point, if you wait that long, just make a new franchise. Like, don't stick it on to this one. Just make, like, a whole new movie. Yeah. Um and those don't even have <laughs> ratings. 
they're both not scored yet. Uh, Necropolis and Rape to the Grave, movies I've seen on sci-fi too many times. Um, mm. It's it's all based on Rape to the Grave. They're like smoking some like a like a weed type drug out of a bong, but it's a zombie weed that turns you into. Zo- it's so stupid. It's so stupid. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Um, so I don't know what's worse, a zero or not being scored yet. It's like your movie's not worth yeah. being scored. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, I don't know. We'll have to, <laughs> to kind of debate that later on. But um, not great. Not great for those two movies. Taken on, I think, my favorite zombie movie of all time, um, which is the Snyder Zombs. Now, Snyder Zombs would have just been Snyder Zomb uh, about a couple months ago. Um, but mm-hmm. there's a new one coming out, like I said, which we'll, we will review um, in the coming weeks. Uh, it's Dawn of the Dead in 2004, a remake of George A. Romero's classic, uh, and then Army of the Dead in 2021, which is a not a spiritual, or not a direct sequel, but it's a spiritual sequel um, mm-hmm. to Dawn. So Ron Tomatoes, 75% for, for Dawn. Obviously, the other one hasn't been graded yet because it's not out in the world. Um, and then <laughs> for box office numbers, Dawn did over $102 million. Now, Dawn of the, or 28 Days Later, like we said previously, popularized the, the rage virus and the super fast get-in-your-face zombies. Dawn of the Dead had that as well. Um, and I saw Dawn before I saw 28 Days Later. Um, mm. And I love Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder is one of the most polarizing directors in Hollywood. People either love him or they hate him. There's no in the middle. Yeah, I find that so funny too because I'm in the middle. I like him. I have no reason like to. We found her. Hate. We found someone in the middle. <laughs> I'm not a super fan, but I don't dislike him. Like he's made good movies. I just haven't seen all of them. But I have seen Dawn of the Dead. I remember owning this on. It must have been VHS, or I might have been DVD. Honestly, I don't remember when it was. But growing up, I had this, loved it, and I just thought it, it was great. Like you said before, with the original the shopping mall. It just like creates like a great dynamic. Yeah, um, Sarah Polly plays the lead as as Anna. Um, Ving Rhames is in it, who is one of my favorite actors. Um, another Mission Impossible reference here in this episode. <laughs> Impressive. Um, Jake Weber plays Michael, who's kind of the love interest of Anna uh, in the in the movie. Mackay Pfeiffer is in it. Uh, Ty Burrell, who everyone will know from Modern Family, and mm-hmm. then one of my most underrated actors, which is Michael Kelly, who played. Oh God! Well, I just call him underrated actor, and I can't remember what his what his name was in the show, uh, House of Cards. Oh yeah, I was like, I don't know who this is, Michael Kelly. Oh, uh, Doug Stamper. <laughs> That's it. Um, Michael Kelly's awesome, uh, playing CJ, who's part of the mall security. Um, Tom Savini is in it as well, who's one of the most uh, legendary uh, people as a whole in in the horror genre. Um, and yeah, the the thing that. I love about Zack Snyder's. He's one of the most uh, creative uh, and most direct, like visual filmmakers. Like watching mm-hmm. the, the Snyder cuts of visual masterpiece. I don't care what anybody says. Um, restore that shit, Warner Brothers. I'm looking at the camera. There's no camera. It's all audio. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, like as much as I gave up Resident Evil to 28 Days Later, I'm not. I will stand firm for Snyder's arms. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I have high hopes for the new one. And yeah, Return to the Living Dead, no. it's it, it, That's a no-go for me. Yeah, unfortunately. It's it's really bad. <laughs> Don't watch those movies. Don't watch them. Um, so right. Snyder Zombs wins. Um, setting up yeah. our, our semifinal matchups, which are George A. Romero taking on Walking Dead. 
can't get can't get bigger than that. Um, and then twenty eight days later versus the Snyder Zombs, which is an awesome matchup because they're very similar. Um, so let, let's let's do the Snyder Zombs one first um, mm-hmm. versus twenty eight days later. I might go Snyder Zombs. Honestly, I could go either way. I think it all kind I of think- depends on Army. If Army of the Dead yeah. is good, yeah, we can give it like a like proactive. It's just going to be good, like, and then it'll be even more interesting when we review the movie on the podcast. Because if we're disappointed, that's going to be a wild episode. So we can do that. Oh, sure, we can do a um, uh, what are, what do they call those things where they go back and they fix things in the retcon? We can oh, ret- yeah. we can retcon the March Madness bracket. Yeah. Um, it's got Dave Batista in it. There's no way that movie is bad. I, there's no way. Um, okay, that's fine. Yeah, so Snyder's Arms being out 20 days later. Interesting. So Snyder's Arms was the seventh seed. Um, going up against George A. Romero versus The Walking Dead. Oh, my God. We're, like running, we're running short on time here. We're trying to speed it up. How do we do this one? I know. I like – I okay, so I think as a franchise, like – the walking dead is huge made has made more money and is still going on but then nothing would exist without night of the living dead and it has more influence i think than the walking dead yeah i mean you know when we say nothing would exist without george romero and night of the living dead it's like yes there's zombie you know mythology and lore and stories like that in, yeah in it would come up right. yeah but, <laughs> there would be zombie movies but like everything takes influence from this movie right for of sure course. so it's like a chicken and the egg situation here like mm-hmm. what, what came first well it's clearly george A. romero um it's just how do the worst george A. romero's movies stand up against the worst walking dead seasons i guess yeah and since we are not caught up on the walking dead either I mean, we could just go with like favorite here. I, this is this is a personal choice. I know it is. I'm. Oh, that's true. I just, I just <laughs> forgot. I was like, I'm trying to. I am. I'm so unbiased. I'm serving the world of people here. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking too. And I was like, but no, this is like our opinion. True. It's just your opinion, man. Um, <laughs> in that case, like. I think in like twenty years' time, I think Walking Dead is still going to be going. It's still going to be a thing. Yeah, probably, especially with the movies. Yeah, so and hmm, I could honestly go either way at this point. Like, there are so many pros and cons to both. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's, it's so so different. Let, let's just make the ruling now, too. Whoever wins this one beats out Snyder's Zombs, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it would be funny to see. Like, <laughs> George Romero, who made Dawn of the Dead, against Zack Snyder, who remade Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I honestly, Walking Dead. I honestly think it's it's a worthy winner of the zombie category. I can't see why. Like, even though George Romero is the godfather of it, and Mm -hmm. Night of the Living Dead is so influential, and I love Land of the Dead uh, as well. Yeah, and I think like with the slashers, we are saying like, all right, like by movie, this one would be better, but we're talking franchise, so yeah. Yeah, makes sense to me. I think Walking Dead. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, Snyder Snoms. <laughs> Snyder Snoms. Oh, God, I can't speak. Um, it beats out Zack Snyder, unfortunately. As much as I will go to bat for Zack Snyder, and he didn't ask me. 
to do it. For <laughs> I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah. Uh, it is The Walking Dead. It is by far currently the most popular zombie franchise in the world. And yeah. for us, it is more than deserving of winning uh, this little quadrant. So Walking Dead? Yeah. Congratulations, Walking Dead. You are the winner of the zombie <laughs> category, and you will be going up against somebody, potentially Halloween. I don't know. I need to randomize it 82 times when we get to that part. Um, but yeah, that's our zombie March Madness. Let us know how you would do it uh, in the yeah. comments, of course. Um, some might have George A. Romero. Zack Snyder might say Zack Snyder movies. I don't know. Yeah, and make sure you tune in next week because we're going to be talking about supernatural uh, movie franchises. So one of my favorites for sure. I know Max is scared, so we might have some scary moments. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of like moments you're going to get scared. No, I'm just kidding, though. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited for that one. Um, make sure that you guys tune in for that as well. And like Max said, let us know how you felt about these mashups. If we missed your favorite zombie franchise, let us know on Twitter. My at is at Natalie Zamora with two A's at the end. Max is at Odd Slice. You can also give us a good review on Apple Podcasts and ask us questions there. And thanks for listening. This one was an interesting one. Yeah, we didn't do it on purpose. We didn't leave your zombie franchise out on purpose. It's just what no. happened. Um, long live the Snyder Zombs, Army of the Dead. Um, Zack Snyder, hit me up. Let's collaborate. I don't know. I'm not a filmmaker. But come on the podcast. I'd love to talk to you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Agreed. All right. Again, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.